You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back to Live Wild Radio. Winston here. This is going to be a solo episode, so those of you who don't like listening to my voice and we want to hear the sexy voice of Catherine, you're going to have to turn into the next episode uh, because the way our schedules worked uh, on this recording day, uh, she is not back from a bike ride. <laughs> so it was a case of either I record or we don't get the episode out this week. Uh, so that's what I chose to do. That's one of those things. And this happens to be a bit of a coaching topic um, that she probably hasn't been through yet anyway. And it, 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 But it's a continuation of our last episode um, talking about the seasons of training. So it is currently uh, uh, September 13th. Um, it is a Wednesday. Um, so middle of September. And it's a good time to talk about the idea of... Uh, what to do in the different seasons, right? Now, um, one of the things you'll run into is uh, some people fixate on just there's the thing they like to do, and because you can't do it because the weather changes, um, then they kind of go to shit, right? So this is where developing a plan throughout the year um, and and changing emphases emphasize <laughs> during the year can help you. Um, one of the things I run into, um, I base mine off kind of like peak fitness in the spring through now um, with the idea that, you know, um, and when I say peak fitness, it's mainly peak endurance um, with the idea that summer we did a bunch of cycling events um, in the spring and then into the fall, we do some rock climbing outdoors. Uh, so, you know, it, it's one of those things we, we did a lot of cycling during the summer. Um, and call it late spring as soon as the weather got nice. Right. And now it's starting to get dark a little bit earlier. It's still not, you know, winter dark, but it's getting dark a little bit earlier. The mornings, um, we would regularly during the summer, be out on the road at 6 a.m. for bike rides during the week, um, but it's dark now at 6 a.m. So, you know, you, you adjust a little bit. Um, and one of the things of a season of focused on something, like we, we did through the summer, focused on cycling, is then when fall comes around, um, we mix it up a little bit. We get in some mountain biking, like Catherine started riding with a, a women's mountain bike group. Um, and also started doing like a, a ladies yoga, uh, thing once a week, you know, just to add some variety. Um, fall is the time to kind of fix your imbalances. It's time to have some fun. Um, you're still super, super active. You should be. Um, but it doesn't have to be as regimented. Um, you know, myself, uh, during the fall, uh, one of the things with the majority of my strength training is it's all unilateral. Um, so one arm or one leg. Um, and the idea, whether it's a uh, one-legged deadlift, a one-armed press, um, obviously things like pull-ups I'm doing with two arms. Um, but with most of the one-armed movements or one-legged movements, 
you build stability, you, you build balance in the body. Like, um, if you've got asymmetries, it helps fix those. Um, like if you're stronger on one side or more mobile on one side. Um, so, uh, when you've done something, um, for, for a number of months, like we do with cycling, um, and you might be a hiker, you might be, you know, everybody's got a different thing they do. Um, maybe a paddler, a canoeist or a kayaker by then, uh, you know, taking and doing a more well-rounded program in the fall with a lot of unilateral training. Um, because if you think of this, uh, if I'm doing something like a Turkish getup or a one-armed kettlebell press versus doing two at the same time, my body has to cross stabilize because the weight's only on one side. Um, my core has to brace differently than if I have a kettlebell in each hand. Um, you know, the same thing with a lunge. Uh, if I do a lunge with weight in one hand, um, then I'm running into the thing where there's more stability and br- core bracing that has to happen to keep from falling over than you would tend to get with doing it with, say, a barbell over your shoulders because it's more balanced load. Um, so that's one of the things that I do <clears throat> in the fall for my own training. And, and I tend to program in for a lot of clients. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we, we add in some fun stuff. Like we start to go back to the indoor rock climbing gym. Um, you know, the evenings are cooler. It's obviously a little bit darker earlier. So getting into some sort of fun, regular things, um, you know, we go two or three times to the climbing gym, still get out for some rides, but they tend to be a little bit shorter during the week anyway, because we're, you know, have less daylight time. Um, so usually, uh, you know, maybe get out on a lunch hour for 45 minutes, um, a couple times a week and then get for a longer ride on the weekend. Um, and it might be, you know, the weekend might be a mountain bike ride. It might be a gravel ride or a road ride, you know, so we're doing something regularly, but it's not, uh, as regimented. Um, you know, the idea is, you know, have a bit of fun for a while. Um, while still trying to accumulate, uh, you know, um, the idea of doing something every day and it could be just walking. It could be, you know, but doing something every day, um, getting at least three strength training sessions in a week that are unbalanced, you know, or unilateral as I was saying. Um, and, you know, the, the thing comes in is that the focus of those isn't to push the numbers up, the weights up as much as it is to focus on quality of movement, right? Because what you're using these for is to, to unbalance or, or rebalance the body. Um, so that's one of the big focuses that I have. So, you know, you, you run into the thing where you can't uh, optimize everything all the time. Um, because, you know, if your goal is to build muscle, um, you have to cause some muscle damage and, and uh, you know, muscle building workouts uh, are fatiguing. So, you know, it, there's no way that you can do, you know, five to ten hours of bike riding a week and optimize muscle building, right? So this is why we break different demands out throughout the year. Um, and, you know, the, the idea with the fall, um, when I used to race bikes, it was the off-season, 
right? Before you got into winter training to, to prepare for the spring. Um, and the whole thing is you stay active, but you have fun. Because the reality is with all of us, when it stops being fun, it's just a chore. Like, you know, some workouts that you do, maybe you don't enjoy. But if everything is a chore, eventually you're going to stop doing it. Like if everything is just like, oh, fuck, I got to do this. And, oh, I got to do that. And, you know, um, there isn't any that you look forward to and you just enjoy. And it's like, oh, man, I can't believe that was a workout because I had fun. Um, you know, uh, and it, and it can be dicey for people whose sport, you know, like their main thing they want to get better at is something like jujitsu because it doesn't really have a season. Um, you know, uh, so you almost artificially have to create one for yourself so that you're not going balls to the wall all the time. There has to be like ebbs and flows, right? Think of the, the actual seasons, um, you know, and fall is kind of a time of, uh, even just think of it as personality wise, it's a little bit more chill. Um, obviously if you're a football person, it's a different story because football kicks off, but, um, you know, it, it, it's cozy. It's looking at the leaves when they change. It's going for, you know, you're out and doing things. But it isn't kind of got the same go, 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 right? If that makes sense for people. Um, and, you know, it, if you think of it in that broader context, right, um, the the description of seasons um, fits with the concept of periodization, right? Um, the way that uh, athletes, they don't train the same all year long. There's sort of like general preparation, and as you cl- get closer to the season, th- there's, uh, you know, specific preparation, and then there's maintenance during the season. Because, you know, during the season, it's trying to optimize, you know, if you can get a little fitter, but optimizing your recovery between events, you know, especially if you compete regularly in whatever you do, um, you know, whether it's play football every weekend, uh, have a bike race every week, you know, every weekend, you know, basically there's the, the event is tiring. You have to recover from it, get a little bit of training in and then be fresh enough to compete again. Right. So that always has to factor in. And then after the season, there's the off season. Right. So, uh, that's exactly the same idea as we talk about for the average person who doesn't have a, a specific sport, um, using the actual seasons, right? Because we're talking about autumn right now, but then when you get into winter, um, winter, uh, if you were say a cyclist and you were going to compete, start competing in April, then winter is when you start building your base. Um, you know, uh, base building with a little bit of top end work on most of it's going to be done indoors on a bike trainer. <laughs> um, life sucks. Uh, although the modern trainers like the, the tax now and is it now or Neo? Um, we've got one in the basement. Uh, you know, you do these virtual racing online and all that kind of thing. So it, it it's kind of fun for what it is for indoor training, but it's still not riding outdoors. Um, but you'll run into the thing where, um, for the cyclist, it's 
sort of the early preparation. You know, there's still strength training, but now we're doing more time each week on the bike. We're building the base. We're building a little bit of VO2 max and gradually building that capacity leading into uh, when you can first get outside and start riding to build that, you know, transition all everything you did inside to outside. Well, if you think about the person whose training goal is health and longevity, then I like to use the winter um, first, uh, you know, if we go December, January, that is your eight-week uh, muscle building block, right? We call it getting jacked and tanned, although you're not getting much of a tan in December and January. Um but the whole idea there is because uh, we all over 30 are losing muscle mass if you, unless you do something about building it, um, all benefit, you know, as we get older of having some dedicated hypertrophy or muscle building training. And obviously, if you're training hard to build muscle, then it's uh, hard to have enough energy to also do a ton of cardio or a ton of speed work, or a ton of power work, or a ton of whatever, right? So that's where the emphasis lies. You still do some cardiovascular training, right? Because um, you don't want to lose it, but you're not putting a, you know, maybe like three to four half-hour sessions a week. Um, just enough to maintain it. Nothing fancy. Um, and And... It's leveraging the fact that usually from Thanksgiving to New Year's, people generally eat a little bit more anyway, um, or a lot. So if you're doing a uh, training with an emphasis on, on muscle growth uh, and you're getting enough protein, then uh, the extra calories you eat, not all of them are going to turn into fat. Right. Think of it as for people who've ever done bodybuilding in the past. Um, think of it as a strategic bulk <laughs> versus just getting fat over Christmas, um, because you're you're getting in your basically we we'll call it four days a week of strength training um, with an emphasis on hypertrophy, which is you know a uh, little bit moderate. You know, we'll call it like six to 20 rep sets, relatively short rest periods, um, a fair amount of volume, taking the sets close to failure. You're going to get a pump. You're going to get a burn. Um, there's going to be a bit of struggle on those last few reps. Those are all kind of the hallmarks of training that will lead to muscle growth. Um, and naturally, you'll get a little stronger, too, even though that's not what the emphasis is on. Um, you know, you progressively overload the ideas each week to do some more reps or more weight. Um, you can add some sets. You know, the idea is to uh, cause enough muscle breakdown during each workout um, that then the muscles grow. Um and how we do the specifics, uh, and if you want to know more about the specifics, I've got an article on the website, Live Wild Radio, uh, if you just click on the tab on the top articles, um, one about uh, how to build muscle and look better naked. I think that's how I titled it, because clickbait, um, and there's no naked pictures. just gives you an idea how to look better naked. Um, but we get into explanations 
um, of you know the mechanisms and how to program for building muscle. Um, you know, uh, so that idea, adding that in in the December January. Um, and then it's one of those things. You get a few cardio sessions. You make sure you do some mobility. And at the end of January, um, you actually kind of like added a bit of a little bit of uh, meat on the bones. You know, the delts are looking good, and the glutes, and the um, and then the natural thing that makes sense after you've done a hypertrophy phase where you naturally did some excess calories. Um, is to go into, in the spring, go into a cut. Um, bring the calories down a little bit, increase your activity, um, take your strength training sessions, uh, you know, and this is sort of basically, if you think about January or December, January, then when you get into February, uh, you know, you run into the thing where it, Think of it as late winter, even though it could be still feel like the dead of winter. Um, and what you're going to do is if we did two months of a uh, build, now we want to get rid of some of that fat we maybe put on over uh, the uh, Christmas season while we were bulking, <laughs> you know, building some muscle. Um, we take that next two months, next eight-week block, and uh, still do some strength training because you don't want to lose the muscle you built. Still focus on getting one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Um, but now maybe we add in some intermittent fasting, right? Five days a week, eat between noon and eight. Um, start increasing the tempo of your training. Uh, so that your your actual strength training is more circuits. Um, that'll help your conditioning. Um, you gradually build up the amount of cardio you're doing because your your strength training isn't as fatiguing because you're not taking your sets as hard, but you're doing more of them. Uh, you know, um, and but when you're doing the circuit style, you're getting longer rest for each muscle group in between. So that's another way to do it. And then, you know, you naturally are going to be running into the thing. The more volume you're getting in, uh, the more cardio you can get in, all of that leads to more calories burned, right? And if you're eating a little bit less calories, and the easiest way to do that, in my experience, is just intermittent fasting, shorten the window you eat each day and get uh, adequate protein, and I find it hard to overeat when you do that. Um, so just basically, in my case, I go 12.30 to 8.30. I've shortened my eating window um, to eight hours a day. Uh, and most of the time, that window actually stops at like about eight. Um, so it's actually seven and a half hours. But there's no magic to, to uh, you know, seven, eight hour, you know, what you're doing is just limiting the amount of time you eat each day, and that leads to a caloric deficit. Like, if you eat less calories than you burn, and you get enough protein, and there's some strength training, you're going to lose fat, and at least not lose muscle. <coughs> Excuse me while I take a small drink. Ah, water. 
it's good stuff. Um, and with all that, make sure you always stay hydrated. Uh, then from there, you know, if we look at that as February and March, well, April, now you can start getting outside maybe. Get outside on the weekends. Um, and, you know, uh, one of the things that, that I found really effective too, uh, February or March, um, if you want to do like a fitness challenge, um, so, you know, if you start your cut in February and then for the month of March, uh, doing something like the 10,000 swing challenge, um, uh, Catherine, I've done it a few times over the years, but if you really want to like shrink your waist size, um, build your butt and build like, you know, crazy endurance, um, it's, 500 kettlebell swings, not in one row, you know, basically it's multiple sets, but 500 swings a day, five days a week for four weeks, works out to 10,000 swings, plus each day you're also doing one extra exercise, so you're doing kettlebell swing and a press, kettlebell swing and a pull-up, uh, kettlebell swing and something else. Um, and that's the way that we built it. Uh, it, it originated with coach Dan John. Um, he's got a bunch of variations. We created our own. That was an EMOM. <laughs> uh, and you run into the thing where when it starts, the first few workouts suck so hard because <laughs> you're just gassed. Um, uh, but you run into the thing where that's all you're doing. It literally is half an hour a day, five days a week. Uh, and then get 10,000 steps a day. Like, that's my prescription. And Catherine lost, like, 13 pounds in a month. Um, uh, I've lost, when I've done it, I've, like, you know, it's sort of in about the same 12 or 13 pounds of body fat because you, you notice your muscles are bigger, right? Your forearms are jacked. Your butt is, like, made out of rocks. It gets so firm. Um, you know, so that's another way um, that I find highly effective. Like, so if you did that for the month of March, you'd come into April like just a monster, <laughs> you know. Um, and you're because you're doing the same thing for a month, you're kind of bored towards the end. Um, so then you run into the thing where you're just like, okay, I accomplished this challenge. You feel great about yourself. You got all these fitness benefits out of it. And now you're ready to like kick off the spring. Right. And it depends where you live, like where we are, um, you know, in the Waterloo region in Ontario, Canada. Uh, winter is fickle as hell. Um, you know, last year we had no problem. Um, like we were out riding in like really light clothes uh, in early April. Um, but you'll run into the thing where we could also we've had winters where, you know, late April are still shitty. So it just, you know, depends. But usually by May, it rocks. Um, and then, you know, a lot of it will really come in, like, uh, that April, May, um, oftentimes tends to be pretty good rock climbing time for us outside as well. So we'll get out for some climbing. Um, uh, and through the winter, you know, even when we're doing our bodybuilding, um, we go to the climbing gym, like, two to four times a week. Um, it's still work. Like, you know, you need to factor that into your recovery, but for us, climbing's fun. Um, so, 
it allows you to get some extra work in um, without even feeling like work. Uh, and then, you know, basically for us, once the good weather hits, we'll call it May, May, June, July, August, and then into September, it's like bike rides, um, you know, uh, progressively getting longer. We do a few cycling events through the summer, um, you know, like these gravel events, and then we're part of some clubs so that we can go, you know, out on group rides, like group tours with people on the weekends. We have a lot of fun with that. Plus, we do all of our, like, little camping trips. Um, and so we've built our lifestyle around activities. And Catherine and I both love riding. We both love climbing. Both love hiking. So for us, it works well because it gives us something to do together. Um, uh, and, you know, it, it, sometimes it can be difficult uh, because if you are in a relationship where your partner isn't into the things you're into, um, but also isn't supportive of the time you're putting into your looking after your health, um, you know, it, it, it can be tough. Um, you know, I've been there uh, and, you know, it, it's always kind of finding ways to negotiate um, to make it work so that you have, uh, uh, you know the time you need to look after yourself and not just physically, but also one of the things I often run into with these, like going on rides, getting my workouts in, um, all of this is it also massively plays into your mental health. And because we've built a community around like the people we go on rides with, the people we climb with, um, a lot of our friends do this stuff, so we, you know, it, it gives you a bond uh, and reason to go hang out with people, <laughs> you know. So you've built this community, which is really good for, you know, your your mental health um, because we're we're social animals, right? Uh, if the last three years uh, haven't taught us anything, it's that we weren't meant to be just isolated, right? Uh, because a lot of people probably don't even realize like how much even just going to work, the social interaction they get from that, uh, contributes to their well being. <laughs> you know, until they don't have it anymore. Um, and we just because of the pandemic, um, Catherine and I decided to be much more conscious of consciously building our community, like making a point of you know, having people we do things with and, um, you know, um, sometimes in the case of like riding and things like that, it's like, uh, helping people, mentoring, bringing other people out. Other times it's, you know, just more fun going out with people that are just, it's fun to rip it up with. Um, but that, you know, network and we run into the same thing, you know, at the climbing gym, you know, it's the same people, people are supportive, you're all into the same thing. So it's a, it's a fun vibe, right? Um, and, you know, in a world where uh, the number one song is basically about, you know, the corruption of politicians and, and uh, you know, uh, basically the world seemingly lost, <laughs> um, finding a community that you can build 
where you're just like, yeah, whatever. I'm going with my climbing friends <laughs> and having fun. Um, it, it makes it easier to deal with the, the world as it sits, right? I find that's a, a big part of it. Um, you know, and then it's one of those things. There'll be some people you're able to, to help out or mentor. There's going to be people you learn from. Um, and sometimes it's learning, you know, as far as the sport you're doing or whatever. But it also, uh, those, I, I just love those conversations, like the adventure of sitting around with people and having a conversation and seeing where it goes. Um, I really enjoy that. Um, you know, so uh, that's sort of one of those other things that it isn't exercise specifically, but it's part of the benefits you get from it, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, we, we see it part and parcel. It's part of the same thing. Um, you know, the community we build because of the activities we do improves both our physical health and our mental health. Um, you know, and having people to do it with makes it easier to be consistent because you have fun and they hold you accountable. And, you know, it becomes this kind of fun snowball effect. Um, and the same thing goes if you sign up for an event. Like if you sign up and pay the money to go on either like a, a race or a bike tour, which get ridden like races, <laughs> you know, the Grand Fondos and the gravel rides, even if the goal is just to finish, right? Um, there's uh, uh, an impetus that comes because you have a set date and time that you need to be ready, right? So you tend to put a little bit more in. Um, and as long as you don't go overboard and get excessive with anything, generally, and, and this is sort of the tightrope, okay? Um, you know, there's no hard and fast rule generally, but the fact is, is that, uh, if you do more, you'll perform better. If you do more and you can recover from it, you'll be healthier, Right, like if you have a, a better cardiovascular health um, or cardio, cardiovascular performance, um, it's directly linked to longevity. Um, same thing with strength. Same thing with balance. So, um, improving these things, um, you know, you'll run into the thing where you'll feel better today. You'll look better today <laughs> you know or like you'll look better now but then in 20 years you know like in 20 years i'll be 72 um i want to still be doing this shit right i don't want to be some retiree who you know barely does anything like who wants like this is one of those things that that uh i think probably not enough, enough people think about who wants to be retired and not have enough energy, you have all this free time and no energy to do anything. You know, no physical capability, right? You got the free time, maybe, you know, if you were smart, you've invested, you've got a good retirement fund. You can travel, you can see things, you can, well, I want to take and go on bike rides everywhere. I want to go climb new places. I want to go see places. I don't want it to be, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm so wired, like wiped out that the rest of the day's a write-off, right? Um... And one of the things we know is that even when you're in 70s, 80s, you can be a machine 
if you built it when you were younger, <laughs> right? You're going to go down. You're not going to be as good as you could be when you were 40. But when you're 70, you can be as good as an out-of-shape 40-year-old, <laughs> you know, um, you know, or better even. Um, so that's that kind of thing to think about. Like, what do you want your future to look like? Um, you know, and I'd rather be that, you know, old guy that's got old man strength and can just do shit and surprise people, um, and have young people not be able to keep up with me, then, you know, be where I would be if I didn't do these things. If I didn't do the training, if I didn't do, you know, pay attention to what I eat and get a good night's sleep and, you know, blah, 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 all the different things we do to, to live a healthier lifestyle. So, and that's the, the thing you run into. Like, if you look at uh, back to our seasons thing, like for us, summer, um, summer is playtime, you know, and for everybody. Like, if you want to go to the beach and look good in your bathing suit, you had to do that work, right? Build a little bit of muscle, lose a little bit of body fat, you know, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, if you want to do big canoe trips, you need the endurance, um, but you also need the strength to carry shit, <laughs> right? And do loaded carries and, you know. Um, so how you would structure your program these, the nuts and bolts, the specific, you know, sets and reps and, you know, what you do for cardio and, and uh, how you build your conditioning and all that would vary subtly depending on what your goal is, um, you know, what your activity you like to do. Um, but the fact comes in, it's that same kind of seasonal process. Now, if you're super passion is downhill skiing. Now you can picture how everything inverts. If that makes any sense. Um, you know, if downhill skiing is your thing, well then winter is your summer. <laughs> Spring is your off season. Summer is, you know, sort of your general prep. Fall is your specific prep. And then winter is your season, <laughs> you know, where you work on maintenance and you work on skills doing the actual activity, um, you know, so that would flip upside down a little bit. Um, and if you're somebody who's like, maybe you got a winter sport and a, and a summer sport, um, maybe you're a cyclist and a cross country skier, then each of those things compresses a little bit, if that makes any sense. Uh, and obviously you wouldn't do your January, February muscle building. Um, you might do two months a year of hypertrophy training, but it might be one month in the spring, one month in the fall. Um, you know, so it just depends, you know, uh, because we just, again, want to make sure that you're not losing muscle mass as you age, right? So there's these little things that, depending on what somebody's goals are, um, and this is why, like, as a coach, I spreadsheet things out, right? What are your goals? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses, right? And you can do this yourself. Um, and then it allows you to look at, okay, these are the things I have to do. Um, these are the times I need to be ready for things. 
right? And it's almost like reverse engineering. If you know these are your weaknesses, this is your sport, right? Like, if, let's say your weakness is hill climbing, um, uh, and you're signed up for an event in July that uh, has a ton of hill climbing, right? You're doing a Grand Fondo that actually has you going up and down mountains. Um, well, then it would be one of those things. It's like, okay, your weakness is hill climbing. Why is it a weakness? Is it a sustained power issue? Is it that you're too heavy? You know, and we sort of figure that out, figure out how to build those things so that you're ready for that event. And it's just sort of backstepping going, okay, well, if we want to be ready for this, we'll call it July 17th. Um, we'll go backwards from that and then figure out a methodical method to get you there. Right. And this is all something everybody can do themselves. Um, you know, and it takes practice uh, to to sort of self-analyze. And that, again, is part of what coaches, um, why they can be useful. Because sometimes it's hard to see the forest for the trees when you're analyzing yourself. And I say this about myself. Um, sometimes it's a case, I know exactly what my fucking weakness is. But the problem is that the thing that fixes it is shit I hate doing. <laughs> um, so... Whereas if I had a coach from the outside, they do the assessment, they go, okay, well, here's your program, do it. And I'm like, oh, okay, and then you do it. Um, you know, so I've, I've got to be very disciplined to not just program in doing shit I like to do, um, you know, uh, for myself. Uh, sort of like they say, uh, you know, uh, a client who's his own lawyer um, has an idiot for a client. Um you know, a coach who is his own coach uh, sometimes has an idiot for a client too <laughs> because it, it we all sort of fall prey to the same things, which is uh, going as easy as you should when you should, going as hard as you should when you should, um, knowing the difference. Uh, you know, going hard is fun, right? Um you know, focusing on recovery, like all the different things. There's things that are important to do, but that aren't fun. Um, and that's sort of one of the biggest issues that we all run into uh, is trying to balance enjoying what we're doing um, and improving, right? Um, and then after a while, like, uh, you you start to realize, like, progress is fun, you know, if you look at it that way, that, you know, yes, I'll do some stuff that I'll dial it back a bit. I won't, like, attack all the time when I'm riding or, you know, I'll take it easy up that hill even though I don't want to. Somebody passed me and my ego's hurt. Um, you know, you'll be a little more disciplined. But that leads to then the payoff down the road, right? All of these things, like all the sacrifice is just investment, <laughs> right? Um, you know, really when we think of sacrifice, it's giving up today for something more tomorrow. Um, and with all of our fitness things, it, it, it's exactly the same, right? We're putting in, you know, money in a mutual fund. Uh, and that might mean I can't go party with my friends right now. I'm not drinking beer right now. I'm, you know, instead of watching Netflix, I'm, I'm lifting weights or riding my bike or stretching or whatever it is you have programmed in. 
Um, but then you get a payoff down the road, right? Both in the short term, which is looking better, you know, uh, having having your wife pat your bottom going, hmm, looking good in those jeans. Um, you know, uh, having energy, your joints not hurting, like all of these benefits, right? There, there's the, you know, doing well at something, um, and then there's just all of the, the overall health benefits that come. Then there's the long-term payoff, right? Which is, uh, you know, you're able to be around for your grandkids. You're able to, you and your partner, you know, when the kids are gone and you're retired and, you know, it, it is pretty stress-free, well, now you can travel the world. You can go on those, whatever you've ever talked about, right? Because nothing is sadder than you reach the point where you have the time and you have the money and you don't have the physical capability, right? And that's always one of those things that for me is always right there. Um, I don't ever want to get to that point. And we all, we all know we're going to, right? But um, I want to push it out as long as possible, Right. Because who wants to retire? Not, you know, you're, you're, whether it's 60, 65, 70, whatever, you know, you do you, but retire, you have all this free time and all you do is just sit there. I don't want to be that old man. You know, I don't want to be that old man who, you know, uh, goes down to the coffee shop with a bunch of other old men, although it's a good social thing, argues about how the world sucks and then goes and sits and, you know, watches TV all day, right? Like, that's not (laughs) sort of the way I want to live out my golden years, you know? I want to be kind of like an old badass, right? And that just stays basically looking after yourself, keeping the pedal to the metal. So, yeah, Hopefully, uh, my concept of seasons, you know, both, uh, seasons of training, seasons of the year, um, all makes sense, you know, the way that I conceptualize it, um, you know, because the big thing that so many people run into is they just do the same shit all the time. And if you're doing like rule number one, it's better to be something better to do something than nothing. Being consistent is key. But you know, by by cycling the points of emphasis throughout the year, um, you'll have periods where your your cardiovascular fitness is higher. Periods where you're getting stronger. Periods where you're building some muscle. Um, when you when you sort of use um, periodization. Um, throughout the year rather than try to maximize all of the qualities at once you actually get much much better um and it gives you different things to look forward to right like if you've spent like a whole you know season minimally doing just enough strength training um to maintain and then tons of miles and you know whether it's hiking biking whatever it is you're doing um you know with an emphasis on cardio and then you're starting to shift that over in the fall, that can actually be fun, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to get buff and strong this winter, you know? Still doing some cardio, but that's not the emphasis, you know? So, 
yeah, if everybody's got questions, um, go. You can find us on uh, Instagram. You can DM us. Live Wild underscore radio. Live Wild Radio on Facebook. LiveWildRadio.com. You can go and contact us. We have all of our coaching programs on there, um, including our fabulous uh, Gen X transformation program to go from couch to superhero. Uh, I'm just, you know, having fun with the marketing. But the idea is you go from being somebody who is less than um, active, uh, who sits too much, which is sort of the modern ailment. And in a period of months, um, we work to uh, undo a lot of that and help lean you out in a very easy-to-follow way. Um, And uh, from what I have seen, um, from an online coaching standpoint, our prices are super reasonable um, for what you get. Because, you know, uh, in a roundabout way, I could argue that I'm helping you live longer. But anyway, if you're interested in that, livewildradio.com, click the fitness coaching. Um, You can't miss it when you get there. And if you go to our website, uh, download our Turning Back the Clock ebook and a whole bunch of information about using exercise to live longer. And then if you're somebody who's in really good shape but wants to lose some fat quickly, then uh, if you look under our articles, you will find an article, Fat Loss Cheat Code. And that gives you a download. It's a program I put together um, that, and you can, there's a podcast about it. Um, But the Fat Loss Cheat Code is a four-week fat loss, rapid fat loss program. Um, But the key to it is got to be in good enough shape to make it through <laughs> you'll either lose weight or die um and uh you know uh i don't joke with that not that you would die but you'd be miserable because you'd overtrain or potentially get injured because you're doing too much so uh but if you happen to be in that rare thing where you're fairly fit but you just eat too much and you want to get leaner um that is a great way to do it we tend to see people drop 12 to 15 pounds in four weeks uh in a very simple, easy-to-follow manner. Okay, so until next time, I am Winston. Uh, my lovely partner, Catherine, uh, is still out on her bike ride. <laughs> so uh, until next time, I will say them both, work hard, play dirty, and see you later.